Hi guys, welcome back to the Earthy Delights podcast. We hope you're keeping well. Um, we've got a really interesting guest on today. Her name is Katharina Kavungu um, and she was a lawyer for a decade in Germany, uh, but she's now been in Ireland for 12 years, just over 12 years. And she's an identity orientated psychotrauma therapist, certified regression therapist and a family constellation practitioner, among many other things. Quite the CV you've got there. Um, how are you doing, Katharina? I I'm fine, thanks so much. How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. I'm In, uh, really interested um, to have this talk. I think there's going to be some really um, important points and, and maybe some things that maybe people haven't heard of before. So I'm really looking forward to it. I know Jim is as well. He's got a few questions raring to go. So uh, <laughs> I'll probably let him fire away <laughs> and get out of his way. Yeah, uh, just to begin with, Katharina, I'd love to know uh, just a bit about yourself. So I I tell a little bit, because you said already, you know, I'm originally uh, from Germany. You might just hear it from my accent. Uh And I I studied law there after school, so I went to a law school. And uh, so I'm I'm now in my my profession right now as a trauma uh, psychotherapist. Um, I went to quite some traumas myself um, in a young age. And uh, so I lost my mother and other things happened. And uh, so when I was just finishing with my law studies, uh, so things from the past, they, they just bubbled up and I could not suppress them. And I'm going to talk about this later, how trauma yeah. works. So it will make sense then at, at the end of the podcast. Perfect. And so I was, I was looking uh, for help basically because I became physically sick and I was never sick before. Uh-huh. So I went to different doctors and they... They, they gave me all sorts of diagnosis, but I, I just decided inside me now I, I will never have these things. But I knew also I have to do something. So at the time I was at uh, the end of my 20s, I, I, I never went to a psychotherapist to no counseling, nothing. I had no idea about uh, psychotherapy or any, any, anything in psychology. And uh, so and a good friend of mine, uh, she recommended me to go to a family constellation. Okay. And um, to, to, to help me with, with my problems I had at the time. I was very skeptical because I was just finished. I did my second law state exam. So I was a qualified judge, actually. Wow. And, you know, I was, I was quite, yeah, it's a little bit snobby in a way. <laughs> so I, I studied law, right? And I thought, well, gosh, they're, they're just going to be people, you know, like, oh, they're, they're probably just eating organic food, or vegans, you know. So I was a little bit different there at the time, yeah. So, and um, nevertheless, but the pain was strong. And um, I went to a conventional, I started one session with conventional talking therapy. And I just knew internally it's not working for me. So I, I spoke about it, but I, I found it personally for me not helpful. So then I, I uh, went to uh, my first family constellation ever. And this is, uh, you know, this is good. Uh, this is now 20, year, 20 years almost ago. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and I, at the time, I would have never thought that I'm going to do the work myself because I was working after my law studies and companies. So, but I went there and, uh, the, the main intent was to work, uh, on the trauma, which I uh, experienced as a child because of the death of my mother. So she died on cancer when I was 11 years old. Okay. And I come from a medical family. My father was um, in cancer research. That was very traumatizing for the whole family. Uh-huh. And uh, no one no one talked about that. So, And this actually caused me physical sickness. I didn't understand that at the time that trauma and physical well-being is, is connected. Uh, yeah. And um, so I went to the consolation. 
And by purpose, um, I wanted to have the first constellation. I didn't want to be influenced by what I was uh, seeing from other people. Um, the facilitator, I just uh, told her the necessary things, so not much. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, didn't know anyone there um, in the whole um, constellation group. And I, I, I will talk about later how constellation works. It makes more sense what I'm saying now. But okay. just right now, for now, if you do a constellation in a group, you let's say you have 10 people in the group and you have your... Um, intent you want to want to work on the issue and my was to overcome the grief the trauma uh, of loss so I was choosing from 10 people um, someone who can represent my mother my father even my mom was was already many years uh, dead mm-hmm. uh, you still can do this and uh, I was choosing uh, from this group uh, representatives it's called representatives for my family members and then you take them and you you just put them in a certain spot um in in the room and then what happened there and if i would have not seen it with my own eyes i would probably not have believed it really mm. can happen and it works in that way but mm. the moment i uh, positioned them in the room they started to feel what was going on in my family now, in my family, as I said, everyone, it was very, very difficult and we didn't, didn't speak for years about it. So it was really bottled up and uh, the pain could not come up, which was at the end making physical sick. And uh, the moment they were standing there, they started to cry. You, 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 you would not believe it if you wouldn't have seen it. And I knew they could not play it because no one knew what happened because I didn't tell anyone of them. So they were just crying. Five minutes, no one said a, no one said a word. Basically, they were just crying and crying and crying, and this was all the suppressed pain within the family, which couldn't come up because everyone was so hurt and traumatized by it. Uh-huh. And then, um, and I, I talk about it a bit later how the whole work uh, um, actually works, the, the uh, constellation work. And uh, so, at the, at the end of the session, I jump a bit. Now, at the end of the session, uh, I just felt such a relief. I could breathe. And I felt that I, for the first time, I really can live. And I tell you something very interesting was what happened after the session. And it also shows already how that work um, can impact our lives. Now, I didn't tell anyone of my family member that I go to a constellation work. The only person who, who knew I, gonna, uh, I, I will attend a session like this was my younger sister, just in case something happened because I was very comp- comprehensive there. So I, I didn't, you know, didn't trust it really. Uh-huh. So I told my younger sister I'm there just in case. So and uh, after the session where, where I felt so free, I felt so good. And I came home and my father was ringing me. And uh, I have a good relationship with my father, but we never talked uh, about my mother, as I, I said before, because it was so traumatizing. So we simply didn't speak about it. Mm. But on that evening, when I came home, the phone was ringing. I was picking up and my father by himself, he didn't know anything. He talked about half an hour about my mother and my shin just dropped. I, I mm. thought, how is that possible? And this was a start of, of a healing journey. And so after, after that session, even I studied law and I was really good qualified. I really, 
I already had a job offer in a very uh, big bank in Germany. So like it looked really good. Mm -hmm. And but afterwards, I just thought, thought to myself or told myself, you know, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. And from this moment, my interest started uh, to to flame up to know more about uh, what is it, how do we live, how how our trauma affects our lives, because this was so uh, new for me. And uh, so I was working for the next couple of years uh, in, in, a, in a German bank. And, uh, but my interest in alternate, alternative healing methods was starting growing and growing. And, um, then I, I moved to Ireland initially just to, to learn more English, to speak mm -hmm. better English because my English wasn't good. Worked here in companies. And then, uh, I just realized that I just, uh, um, that my passion is to help people. And then I retrained myself. So I started to retrain in regression therapy. And then I did uh, to separate um, the regression therapy I did in the UK. And then I did two separate trainings in um, family constellation. One was, so both are in Germany. Uh, as one of this was in Germany, uh, there was more the traditional family constellation. I talk about it a bit later. And then uh, two years later, a couple, Roughly two years later, I made another training specialized in trauma constellation. It was uh, with um, Professor Dr. Franz Rupert. It was in Spain, but he's German. So it was in German and Spain offered. So it was my second training in the matter of constellation therapy. And since then, so I have my practice here in uh, South Dublin. And uh, I work with this. So I have my practice now since eight years. And uh, I saw hundreds of people, I have to say. And uh, yeah, I have, have quite um, a pottery of, pottery of experiences, what I saw. Mm. Obviously, you're still learning. I'm still learning. You know, you know you, it's, it's, it's not ending with learning. Mm. But I, I now, this, this matter of, of consolation, but also, now I spoke a little bit more about consolation right now than regression therapy, but I will speak about this as well. Um, it helped many people. It helped many, many, many people. Obviously, it's not a magical uh, method. You work and uh, it is hard work. It's hard work. It's not like a magical pill, mm. but uh, you, you know, it really makes a difference in people's life and, uh, so I, I love my work and uh, I'm, I'm happy and it's the most beautiful rewards if you see people uh, coming away from suicide, breaking through depression, overcoming abuse just, and, and just stepping back into, into their life and, and, and lead a healthy and joyful life. It's just really beautiful. So, so many things to say, uh, Katharina. Can, can I just come back and I just want to ask you, did you find the transition difficult from thinking about the world in such an intellectual way, you know, working in the legal field in Germany and then moving to the more like emotional side of the brain, the subconscious. How was that transition for you? Because I, I'd imagine it was quite difficult now because <laughs> almost the polar opposites. Yes, this is indeed. Very good question. Now, after, after the first constellation, I just spoke about it. Something there, there was an interest there. Something, something opened up. Something opened up, and uh, so I was was interested in alternate healing methods. So when I started at the time with Reiki, which I don't use anymore, 
But this was my entrance point to learn um, there's an energy field, we have an auric field, there are other things. And I became um, quite sensitive to energies, which I'm still using, but not with the method of Reiki anymore. Okay. And uh, so, um, and I just opened myself up and I understood that life is much more what I thought what it was. I, I grew up a little bit more to my background. I grew grew up in East Berlin. Okay. And at the time, so it was like a socialist country and there, see, spirituality was not seen there. So um, people, they went to church or any other spiritual practices, they tried to suppress that. Mm. So I didn't know anything about it. And so when I started to to find out there's a different area and uh so there are different things uh they exist even even we are not taught at school it's existing at least not in my school years in in the old gdr so i was so um interested in and the shift uh, happened then over the years so i didn't tra uh, transition from one year to the next it was i would see i would say uh, it took me five years of transition but I prepared everything. And the logical part is still there. You know, so like if, if you train as a lawyer, you, you, you know, you do things sometimes step by step. So the, the transition was also well prepared. And, um, but I have to, have to say, and this is my personal, um, true statement. Mm -hmm. The moment I opened my practice, it worked from the beginning. And, uh, I have to say, I know that's not my, by my own. Uh, account is not because I'm so good in, in um, advertising or anything. This was by pure grace of the divine. I have to say that one. This was outstanding and miraculous that from the first moment I had my practice, it was working and people just came. It had never stopped until now. Even coronavirus. I know we talked a little bit before the uh -huh. podcast. You know, like people shut down. I, I hear other people, other professionals. I don't have clients. Or like like uh, the rate uh, just dropped, and uh, I, I I just I just have my sessions, and I I know that after many many years, you know this is not my own doing, absolutely not. It's wonderful. Um, can can you break down trauma for us? Because up until very recently, I would have only associated trauma with um, heavy violence, war. Um, terrible childhood occurrences but after getting familiar with the work of Gabor Mate I kind of see trauma trauma isn't necessarily these huge events it, it can be kind of small suppressions if I'm correct no absolutely that's yeah. correct it depends on the person okay. um just just let me give me a definition on trauma based on my on 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 practical experience because you can read many many books uh -huh. and this is what also i would recommend to everyone uh, listen to it who's interested in trauma to read the books of Pro professor uh, dr franz ruppert it's r r u p p e r t it's also translated in english some of his books okay. it's a very good account about trauma uh, from the practical point of view not in theory now, what is trauma? Trauma happens where when we are exposed to a situation, we can't cope. And it's connected with fear very often. So let's see. It could be a minor, a minor, a minor situation. 
So it could be uh, a child four years old is in a supermarket uh -huh. and mom goes just in a different aisle and the child cannot see mom any longer and gets panic. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that moment it can happen. It thinks, you know, it lost mom to just doesn't know what to do. And that could be a traumatic event. You know, it's crying, it's running through the aisles, can't not find mom. Maybe there is an adult and say, Oh, what's going on? I have lost my mom. I don't know where she is. And even mom comes five minutes later, you know, that could already be a traumatized event for the child. Because mm -hmm. what happens right now in a trauma is always connected with a huge amount of stress. So each of us, we have a certain spam to deal with stress. It's okay. a band, you know, it's a certain amount um, capacity we can deal with stress. If this stress level goes over our capacity to do. Mm -hmm. So what happens there, we go in flight mode or uh, we go in, in, the, in the mode of frozenness. So actually, uh, when, when, we, when we are out of our normal threshold of stress and uh, flight or uh, fighting back, it's not working. So it's our natural response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's not working. We freeze actually. This is another significant aspect of trauma. We freeze. What happens when we freeze? The brain stops to process. There's a certain part in the, in the brain and it cannot process the information. So it's, it just, we freeze and it creates in us, um, a memory that we couldn't cope with the situation. Yeah. So what happens now if it hasn't been dealt? later in later years with, with, with this event. Mm -hmm. So what happens if we are triggered? It's called a, a trigger. So let's see. The child is now, it was at a time for five years old in a supermarket. And uh, 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 no, it's maybe a young woman, 25 years old. And she might find herself in a different, different situation. Yeah. And uh, so let's see just... Uh, she might, for example, um, be let, let's see in the elevator and stuck. She can't. She she can't get out. Yeah. So and so she gets panic. She gets panic. She doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And this could be connected with the event in the supermarket because at the time she also didn't know what to do. She just panicked and she gets panic again. Yeah. Or like a very common example is when people in school have been ridiculed uh, by standing in front of the class, maybe by the school teachers, and uh, they felt embarrassed. And this can be a trauma. And then when they are later, when they are in their adult life and they're, they're working and they're in companies, for example, or in any other business area and they should represent their work and they start to freeze. They, they, they start to feel very uncomfortable to sweat and enormous fear comes up because uh, they remember unconsciously, it has to do with our neural paths in our brain. They unconsciously remember what happened in the childhood and the fear comes up, it happens again. So naturally they want to they wanna protect themselves, but that, that fear, it's overstimulating the whole system and they are not able to to quietly uh, present their work. 
So this is this is how it all connects together. And just let me add another component to it, which is very important for trauma. So we now already is an overstimulation of the nerve system. It's a it's a, a stressful we cannot cope with. We freeze, and what happens as well that we fragment. So that's very it's another very very important uh, aspect of trauma. So what does it mean we fragment? We fragment in our psyche. So what happened in that moment because we could not cope. So what we do, we try to suppress that aspect in us who experienced the trauma. Now that happens uh, with all traumatic events, but people, uh, for example, they went to sexual abuse when they've been in childhood. So I had many, many uh, um, clients that could not rem remember these events. They've been completely blocked and suppressed. Yeah, and uh, the the subconscious is doing it to help us to literally to survive these things, and then like after uh, uh, um, some 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 time of work, these events might just come up, and the, the person starts to remember because the person is now able to process this. So another component of fragment of fragmentation is that the fragmented part who experienced the traumatic event needs to be suppressed. And at the same time, we have to create and uh, develop a coping mechanism. I call it also a surviving strategy. And this surviving strategy could be all sorts of things. Could be addiction, addiction to alcohol, addiction, sexual addiction, addiction to food, comfort mm. eating, overeating, workaholic, all, all sorts of, there, there are hundreds of coping mechanisms. This coping mechanism, they have only one goal to make sure that we never ever experience such a traumatic event where we've been so helpless. So this is basically the main science of a trauma. And uh, the trauma information can also uh, be stored in the body. There are other therapies that work with the body, which is, which is really good, uh, which I'm not working with. Um, but also ju just to add to this one, there information also about traumatic events stored in the body. That that's um, basically uh, to describe what happened uh, when a trauma occurs or when when we experience a situation as a trauma. Katrina, that's so interesting, Katrina. And I, you answered about a million questions in, in one in one answer there, which is uh, commendable. I, one little question that kind of came up when you were giving the example of um, of the child losing their mother in a supermarket. Um, what I, I thought of the kind of a personal experience that was uh, when I was younger, but is it was an imaginary experience. So my question is. Um, especially when you know when your children you your imaginations kind of run wild can you um experience trauma from something that actually is isn't what happened it's not objectively true but you've imagined it the example i give is just a quick one um when i used to i'm from england lived in england my whole life but every summer from when i was very young my dad would take me to see his italian family okay and he would drop me off with uh, my italian nan and he would leave me there over the summer so that i would practice my spanish uh, my italian sorry with my cousins and so on And i do that every summer but i think the first summer where he left me there by myself was when i was about four years old and the way that i remember the story which i know telling it now makes no sense and my dad assures me that this isn't how it happened but in my imagine the way that i've imagined it and remembered it is that he kind of took me to this 
old woman who I had no idea who she was. Obviously she was my nan. Um, and then just kind of like left me there. And then he went back to England. And then I was with this woman who couldn't speak a word of English. I couldn't speak a word of Italian. And it's this really strong memory that I have from my childhood. And I don't, I'm not sure I call it traumatic, but when I tell my dad that story, he's like, that is so far from the truth because I mean, first of all, I definitely told you she was your nan. And second of all, I didn't just, take you there to a house and leave you i stayed there for a couple of days um but i was just wondering can you kind of um get trauma from a from an experience that is maybe uh imagined if so if partially or, or completely imagined the way i would see it, what what happened we have to see you've been four years old and as a four years old you process information differently than an adult so it's, I, I would not say that you experience as a four years old is untrue. You simply had a different view. It even happens, even as an adult, let's go to a concert. Even you go with your friend, you might have different experiences from the same event. And this is what I uh, believe happens as a child. So a, a child, uh, four years old, uh, left in a, uh, in a new environment. Um, even, even when the father was there for a couple of days, this can be an overstimulation for a child. And I think this is what happened to you. Yeah. So it was right. an overstimulation. You had too many informations and stimulation. You could not cope with it. So, uh, from, from the child's perspective, it's kind of, I was just left there and I was frightened because he, as a four years old, you, you still need your parents very, very strong. You need the mother and the father. These are your safety. That's your, this is your safety space. Mm. And so you, if you have been taken from your normal home environment, which is your safety, from your friends, which is your safety, from mom and pop, which is your safety, and just put in a total a new place. And then after three, four days, um, that leaves because even as a child, you know, remember, we, we don't know what is a one day, two days or one week. We, 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 it, it works differently as a young child. Yeah. Than right. an adult. So from, from your dad's per, per, per perception for him, you know, as an adult, he thought, okay, I did everything right. I was with my son there. So you should be fine. But yeah. actually you weren't fine. This was too much. And this then, and, and your perception the way you were able to see things, that image left was left with you, and uh, this is this is a, this is a fear of separation what you experienced, yeah. Mm. So, and uh, okay. so it's, it's not that you're right and your dad is wrong or vice versa. It's just that you experience the whole situation totally different because you experienced it as a four years old. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's weird because, like I said, I I haven't thought of this as a traumatic experience. I, I don't want to try and say that my dad traumatized me or anything like that. But um, it just it's when you brought up the example of the kid in the aisle with the mum, it kind of it, I almost got a flashback. I was like, oh geez, that's exact. I I know that feeling. And then you've just said there, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Then you just said there the fear of separation. And I've been trying to work very hard recently on. I hate losing friends um, yes. or losing contact with people. Like I'm really, I hate it. It drives me insane. And so I sometimes hold on to relationships like with friends or whoever it may be longer than maybe they should, I should do because I don't want to kind of let them go. I may, I'm not sure if that's linked, I, that's but I was like, hmm. I tell you, remember what I said? When, when we experience a trauma that we fragment and we have to suppress the trauma part who holds these very 
for us uncomfortable feelings. It's, it's very often connected with fear, uh, embarrassment, shame, guilt. And then at the same time, we have to create a coping mechanism. And what you just described, holding on on friendships longer than it's necessary, or I would say sometimes it's unhealthy to hold on on certain friendships, but yeah. the fear is there. So that's your coping mechanism. So the coping mechanism is, okay, if I'm holding on to that person, I will, I, I will not experience that, that, uh, that uh, fear again, the fear of loss someone. I don't, I don't want to lose anyone. It was so hard for me as a child. I, I don't, I don't want to lose people. So you're just holding on to avoid, to have that experience ever again. This is a coping mechanism. Mm, very interesting. Wow. Yeah, I've never thought about like that, but really, really interesting. Thanks for that, Katarina. Um, yeah. I, I want to move then a little bit <laughs> towards healing. And for instance, it, how does somebody who is maybe, who has maybe made a pattern of these coping mechanisms for years or for decades, how do they go about addressing this? Okay, there, there obviously there are many, many ways and many um, kinds of therapies out there. For sure. Uh, I just speak about the therapies I'm using. Uh-huh. It's a uh, regression therapy and it's a uh, consolation work. And uh, the, 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 way, the way I'm doing it, and I have to speak a bit more about it also um, because the whole work involved also. Um, so I just, just, just going to take the example, you know, like a child is left in a new environment and it's a bit too much. It cannot cope and a fear, fear of separation. Yeah. It doesn't know where mm-hmm. the parents are because it's four years old. You're too young. You're very young. So that, yeah. that, that doesn't know that one, but, but, uh, you know, with a four years old, it cannot comprehend where the parents are. It doesn't know countries. It's not logical for the child. So that's its own way. So how do we heal that? So now let, let's see. The person who experienced uh, um, a trauma of loss comes to the session. So we have different ways to work with that. So one is, for example, regression therapy. And I just explain regression therapy, but that ex- uh, with this example. So there's that fear, and it's the fear of um, losing people. You know, I I I know there are people they're afraid. You know, like oh, I don't want to have children. I I'm afraid if something happens to them, and you know, I lose them. So and then they decide to not have children because the fear is so strong, the fear of loss. And what we do, and sometimes people don't know why they have it. Sometimes they know, they can remember very well. But if the actually memory is very deep suppressed, they cannot recall it why it's actually like this. Mm. So in the regression therapy, what we do, um, I just very gently lead that person to the moment where they can reconnect with that emotion, but just on a surface. Yeah. So, and they just, I ask them to go to a moment when they experience that fear. When was it the last time? And they said, oh, last time. Let's see, the trigger would be, let's take the example, it's a woman and she's afraid to have children because there's a fear of loss. And I say, just for a moment, think about that thought. And then she says, yeah, thinking about it. And then she would start to experience fear. And what I would do then, I would just going to ask that she goes uh, to the moment in her life where that fear has been created or where, where that fear has been actually feeded. And then what happened, uh, 
the person, it will just comes up. As I say, all things I cannot explain. I think, as I said at the beginning, I think I, be, I, I believe there's, uh, there is a divine and I believe it's helping us. But it's what I, I believe personal. And um, the person would go to the moment and find himself and say, you know, I remember right now, let's see, I take this example. I, I've been left with my grandmother for a couple of months. I haven't seen my parents. My father was busy working. My mother was just pregnant with my sister and I was left with my grandmother and I just missed my mom. And I, I have such a fear. And so that would be the fear. And the moment she experienced the fear, because that would be a perception from the child. So many fears, many trauma and emotions connected to the trauma are actually not happening from current situation. Most of them have been created in our childhood. Many, many, many of, of um, our, our challenges right now. So if the person is then in that moment and she sees herself you know, as, as a child, left alone, separated, missing mom and dad, doesn't know what happened right now, why she's left there. And she might think, oh, they don't love me. Now, now the child starts to create a belief pattern. I'm not loved. I'm just left alone. People can leave me alone. I, I cannot cope. I'm powerless. I'm helpless. Mm. And so what, what we do, we meet all these feelings and then... Uh, when, when the person meets such, so these feelings, she's processing, she's digesting these feelings. Now, it doesn't have to go, this doesn't have to, 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 to take long. Sometimes it's only a couple of minutes, to be honest. It's not, not staying there for, for a long time. Mm. And once these emotions are processed, they actually naturally dissolve from the system. And this, the, the person starts to breathe. And now she can process this. And, um, and then the, the adult understanding can connect with the child understanding that it has been experienced in that way, but the child is not helpless. So we look also on the belief system. This is very, very spreaded, very connected to trauma. The person thinks is powerless, is helpless. Yeah, so that plays out very, very strong. So in, in that moment, the person can process these feelings and, and the shock goes out from the system, then the person starts to breathe and to start uh, to, to feel better. Peace is starting to come. And uh, what, what, we, what I say then usually is that as a child, the person might not have the, the coping mechanism or the tools to help itself. But as an adult, the person has now the tools. There's help there. and The person is not powerless. So that the person can now face any situation and will be able to get help. So we change also the thinking. So we work on different levels. We work on the emotions and we work also on the belief system because, as I said, uh, very often we are holding belief systems, you know, like I'm not loved, no one loves me, no one listens to me, people overlook me, you know, I'm not recognized all these things that we change that one. Mm. And once it's changed and the person is not, it's very important now, you know, when it's not healed, the person is almost a slave of that fear. Yeah. Mm. I just have to add that right now, you know, as it is in a small unit in a, in a, in a individual person, we see it right now with the COVID-19 It's so much fear. Mm. And if people live in fear, 
no matter where the fear comes from, people are actually a slave of fear. Because let's take as example, so that that woman decided to not have children because of fear of loss. So it's not a free decision. It's a it's a decision based on on fear. And the person is not free. It's a slave of fear. So the moment we are free from fear, then the person can make a very, very free decision. You know, okay, do I want to have children or not? Now, if I have no fear, then decision obviously will be different. If the person is, that woman is free from the fear of, uh, of a loss of children, now she can make a total new and different decision. And she actually finds out, actually, I love to have children and I'm not afraid of losing them. Actually, I want to have children. So you see the, the 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 whole how strong a life of a person can be affected when a person lives in fear, yeah. And as I said at the beginning, trauma is is always linked to fear, helplessness, powerlessness, shame, guilt has a huge huge impact. And I I have just to, just to add right now because of the situ situation we have right now, the less we go into fear the more we can think clear and, and make healthy decisions for ourselves, healthy decisions for our families. Decisions based on fear are very often not the best decision. They, they, they make us leading a life which is not good for us, and we suffer. We go in suffering. Mm. Katharina, I'm happy to continue down this alley, but I just had to ask your opinion on this before. I wanted to ask, do you feel that modern... Uh, mainstream psychological treatments fail to adequately address how our relationships with the people in our family has had an impact on how we've developed? Well, I cannot really answer this question because, like, you know, I remember I studied law, I would have to make research on any <laughs> and any treatment available right now and to see what they're doing. And, and I, 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 I certainly cannot do this. I know there are very good people outside I have to say, it's not only the study, but the therapist is also only as good as the therapist worked through his own trauma. I really have to oh, say that yeah. one. If a person, you know, we have a saying in Germany, and it says, a good dentist is only a dentist who had experienced tooth pain. Yeah. So if, 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 a, if a therapist, a psychologist, uh, never worked on his own things that didn't didn't go through his own trauma, you know. Um, then the work what he's doing might be limited, and a person who worked a lot on itself will understand pain, will understand trauma. Uh, I learned a lot through myself, through my own behavior, through my own surviving strategies. The way I'm triggered, I learned a lot, and uh, um, I'm applying this. I put this together. Uh, with the trainings I had, and uh, I have to say it again, also to the guidance which which I received from the divine, uh, because very often in in the work I just know things, and this has not to do with the training. It doesn't have to do with my own personal experience. I just know what to do. It just comes, and I contribute this to the uh, uh, divine intelligence which is with us. And you see already, this is my work. So I combined at the beginning, I started um, to work more um, like oh, I wanted to do it more as a conventional therapist, you know, like by the book. But I just realized very, very fast now that's not working. 
mm. <laughs> in the practical field. So uh, then I started to to combine what I learned through through my trainings, through hands-on trainings, what I saw in my practice, to my own personal life, to all the trauma I went through and I received healing. Um, I went to many therapists myself, so I have mm. practical experience, and I'm still working on myself. But also, I opened um, the um, realm that I allowed that uh, uh, divine healing is 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 coming into the session uh, because uh, I I just um, see it makes a difference uh, in people's life and in my life that that things are just brought to the surface in a miraculous way where I cannot explain how it really works, but I see that it works. So still at the beginning, you know, when I saw it, uh, when I was in my first family constellation, I just thought, oh, I don't know anything. So the more I dive into healing, uh, the more I'm convinced and, and believe that there is a very loving force with us with every single person. And um, I'm not speaking in any religious way right now, but there is a loving force and that loving force wants people to heal full stop. And, and no, no, it wants no one to be um, sick because I know there, there, there are um, ideas outside, beliefs, or maybe I'm sick because I have to learn from it. No, it's not because you have to learn from it because it's trauma. You have to process this. You have, you have to heal that because we still can learn. I, you know, I, I don't have to go uh, uh, through, through all sorts of sicknesses in order to learn. It's, it's, it's also a different way possible. That's the way I see it. Uh, Katrina, I just wanted um, to to get delve in deeper to what is you know family constellation. You said how how much it helped you, but I'm aware that a lot of uh, listeners maybe have no idea. Maybe this is the first time they've even come across the word um, and the and the therapy. Um, so could you just kind of give us the the bare bones of how a family constellation um, session works and what that would entail, and then we can get maybe into the um, into the deeper nooks and crannies of it all. Yes. So I just, I just pick up the example, which I started, we started a podcast with, yep. uh, with my own consolation. So I, I, I take it as an example and describe it. Now, at uh, the moment I, I, I was in the consolation, there were about 10 people there and I didn't know anyone. And then the facilitator would have asked me, just please, and this is what I describe right now is a traditional format. Just please be aware. There are many different types of consolation. It's not only one format. As I mentioned, I, 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 I'm trained in two different formats of constellation work, but what I describe right now is the principle, and the principle is always the same. Okay. <coughs> so this is the principle. Um, so there there have been 10 people, and I asked someone, please represent my father, my mother, my siblings, and uh, so they did. And uh, the moment... You, you ask him and then you take them and you place them wherever you feel they should stand in a room. So you have a room and you, you, you ask the first person, could you please represent my father? And you give him a place in the room. And so you, so on, you move on, you do it with every single person. And then you step a bit back and you will see a certain formation. People will stand. In my case, every person was looking to the wall. No one was looking at each other. And this okay. was reflecting the internal dynamics. So the people in this group helped me to bring into the light, into the into uh, seeing what was internal going on 
in in our family. So you you basically just see it. And uh, so the, the group was standing like uh, almost like in a half circle, but everyone looked outside. And this was such a such a such a deep picture for me because I thought it's exactly how it was at the time. No one talked about that. No one talked about the death of my mother. So no one looked at each other, and they just started to cry and cry and cry and cry and cry. So and was that spontaneous? Sorry, sorry to jump in there. The, started, the, yeah. the, cr- the, the crying was spontaneous from, from these spontaneous. They random people. No way. No yeah. way they could make it up. Because as I remember, I just spoke to, to the facilitator just briefly, and she, she could not have brief people there. That's not possible. They didn't know anything about me, about my family. And uh, so what happened there, so it's good that you're asking, actually, when people are standing there, they start to feel how the person feels in regards of the intent you have. So my intent was healing the pain of the loss of the mother. And this is what they experienced, the pain. Mm. They experienced the pain. That's why they cried. Because I do believe, no, this is my explanation, that uh, you know we have the physical body, but we are not a physical body. We are souls. And as a souls, we are connected to each other. It means and anything what happens to someone, to us, we, we can feel it actually. And this is what, what, uh, um, what happens in the session. They felt, and you don't have to be trained in any way. I did so many constellation work. It just happened. You know, you don't have to be a medium or, or anything like this, you know, or a psyche. Yeah. Absolutely not. The people come into the constellation, never did anything like this and start to feel. You just, if you, if you're a human being with emotions, you can do constellation work. That's it. There's nothing more required. So, and then the people were standing there and started to feel. So this is the, uh, uh, this is the first step. You see what's going on. Then the facilitator came and helped a little bit that the people who represented my family members spoke to each other. So then that's where the healing starts. So, but um, this is not artificial made as a, as a facilitator. And this is what I mentioned. You have to work uh, with, with your intuitive guidance. And uh, the guidance with which I'm talking about comes from the divine. And uh, okay. there, there is a certain movement in this work. It's, it's, it's just like, it's almost like music. You don't go against music. You go with, mm-hmm. with the flow. It's actually... I'm not doing the healing. I'm not the one who's doing these things. I'm not healing anyone. It is this miraculous, beautiful love, which I call, call the divine, who mm-hmm. is present, wants people to heal, and I go with that movement, and people feel it. And after a consolation, so you will see there is a movement in the group, and um, so you can people can talk to each other in the group, you, you direct it a little bit, but you're not interfering. You're not manipulating or forcing. You're not doing that one. You're just helping a little bit in the movement, just helping a little bit. And at the end of the session, it was maybe one hour session. So what happened that there was a commun- communication flow established in my family member members, within the family members. Right. And I felt such a relief. And remember what I said at the beginning of the, of, of the podcast, then when I came home and then my father was ringing me. Now, yeah. this was an outcome of the session because there was a communication flow established in the session. And I suffered so much from the silence. It made me sick, actually. I became physically sick from it. 
Yeah. yeah. And this is this is what happened. This is the beauty of the world. If you do of the work, if you do a consolation, I do not know anything what will come up or what will happen. I'm completely empty. I mm-hmm. do not know. I just, I just let arise what comes up, and 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 people who standing there and representing uh, members of the families. But you can do it for any situation. You can represent uh, work colleagues, any other situation, and you just work which was which what is arising in that moment. You're not interfering. You're not manipulating. Not you know, it's not what you're doing. You know, yeah. and I know there are critics about a consolation, but I tell you one thing. If you work this is organically movement of this intelligent who knows what's going on and you move accordingly, there's only good things coming out of a consolation. I never had anything bad happen there. And and Katharina, just to just to set the scene for people who may be, because I've, I've done some reading just before this interview. Um, so those people, for example, that you got into that semicircle, okay, it's one one was to represent your your father and you know your other family members. These people that are there, they're there to also do a session, correct? So so after you've done your session, will you then represent a sister of theirs or whatever it may be? Um, like how does it come about? Or, or are these people that are representing your father, your sister, and so on, are they um are they practitioners as well, or are they people who are trying to get help as well? You know, I asked because I uh, we read um, I read this um, review uh, of a of a woman who went and did a constellation therapy session. And uh, she said that what happened was she was third in line. I think there's four, there was going to be in, a, in the total, there's going to be four different sessions. Yeah. For four different people. She was third. And uh, for one of the times that what she did was um, she uh, represented someone's daughter who had been adopted. And the, the, um, the kind of dilemma here was that the woman who was, who was in the session who needed the help. The woman uh, had adopted her, her, her daughter and there were two possible fathers. So two of the men that were in that group, again, strangers represented the two potential fathers and the girl, let's call her Emily um, represented the, the adopted daughter and the girl who again, didn't know this woman before the session had this visceral reaction towards one of the men uh, and the other man she completely ignored and they took that as a sign of well, this man on or at least who he's representing he's the father the other man has nothing to do with anything is that how it works yes this is exactly how it works it depends how the setup is let's see if you have for example a consolation day or consolation weekend so you have right. a group of people let's see 10 people and they are not that they're not uh, professionals or they are not uh, th- there might be therapists but usually they they come from all works of life yeah they could be students uh they, they could be mothers you know businessmen it, it, it's it's really completely i always have a pottery there and uh, so if you let's say have a constellation weekend then uh, the group then every one of them will have their own constellation so you will get help with your constellation by the others and when the others have their consolation, you help them by pre- by prese- representing um, family members or whatever uh, the topic is of the consolation. Now, yeah. in regards of how precise it is, I I just give you two examples. Okay. Now, obviously, you know, like I cannot say it's always a hundred percent, but 
after my experience, many years of consolation, it's very precise what comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember in one of my trainings, um, I was in Spain, my second training in consolation, trauma consolation. There was a woman, a Spanish woman, never saw her before, never met her, didn't know anything about her, just joined that weekend. And she was choosing me uh, to, repre- to represent something in her consolation. I can't recall actually what it was. Uh-huh. The moment I was placed in a room, uh, I just felt I had a rope on my neck and I was hanging, like I, I could not breathe. Yeah. And uh, so when the facilitator, what happens, the facilitator will go through the people to the representatives, it's called the representatives, and will ask them how they feel. Because based on what the people feel, we get the information. It's the information. So we now, oh, this is what happened. And very important is this, I have to, 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 to actually um, explain it more in detail. Uh, you will find out things very deep hidden in the subconscious, or you can also find out family secrets that happened. It happened in my own family. Mm-hmm. That through a consolation, I found out a family secret. No one ever told me about it. You know, and we ask, uh, uh, we asked my father about it, and he confirmed that it was true. Now coming uh. back to the yeah, coming back to the consolation in Spain, um, where I presented um, a position for this woman in Spain. Um, when the facilitator asked me how I feel. I said, I'm just standing there. I feel I have a rope. I'm hanging out. I'm, 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 I can't breathe. That woman just burst out in tears. We're crying and crying and crying. Couldn't hold back. Yeah. And then she said, my grandfather was hanging himself. No, I, how, how, how should I know that? I didn't know anything about it. I never met that woman before. No information, nothing at all. But I felt that rope onto my, onto, onto my neck and I felt I couldn't breathe. And this is how that's how I say that that's no magic for me, but this is like uh, this is the healing power of a divine presence. In in between consolation therapists, they call it the field, the intelligent field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you can hear this as well. And so um, for me, it's it's uh, the power of of the divine, the healing power which works here. Which, which you may, like, that's the way I see it. Humanity has been given this instrument and it has been brought very much into the pu- public by Bert Hellinger. So he definitely deserves honor. Um, but after he, he started, he, he's not the original founder of Constellation. It comes from, I think, if I'm not mistaken, by the US. There were other practitioners before, but he brought it very, very much into the public. And uh, there, in, in the meanwhile, there are many, many different schools doing consolation work, but the principle is always the same. Yeah. And um, yeah, as 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 you told, as you said, with what you were reading with that woman, um, who they wanted to find out who was the father. If this is a very good setup, uh, most likely what they found out will speak the truth. And just, just a, you know, my, I, I'm, 
I'm just to be honest, I'm a skeptic, not of necessarily family constellation therapy, but of more alternative methods. I'm more kind of down the line, but I'm open to have these discussions because I think there's, there is something there, whether you call it the divine, whether you call it um, a collective consciousness, you know, some might call it God, uh, whatever you, people have these different terms. And it's that something, it's that thing that none of us can explain ultimately. Right. Um, uh, and, you know, my girlfriend, she's a, a drama, a practitioner, a drama therapist practitioner. Um, and, and that, I mean, it's getting more accepted now and it's been adopted by the NHS in England and so on. But that, when it first came out, was seen as a fairly, you know, kooky thing to do. And it wasn't really accepted in the in the therapy um, field, let's say. Um, but what, would you would you agree that this this form, you know, I'm thinking about a listener who may be a skeptic, right? I'm thinking about a listener who wants to believe in hard science, cold facts. Okay. So, so their idea of therapy is sitting on a sofa, um, with some, with, you know, with the therapist in the room. So would you say that, because my understanding is your, uh, let me see how I can explain this. Your, um, experience, uh, uh, is only as strong as your belief is in the divine or in the collective consciousness or God, or again, whatever you want to call it. Would you, would you agree with that? Or have you seen people who are completely skeptical who go in maybe because their, their wife forced them to do it. Okay. And they go in and they have, this is a load of rubbish, but they're there anyway, maybe against their own will. And then they've come out and gone, Jesus, this was, this was something else. Yeah, you don't have to believe on anything, you know, like, okay. that is absolutely, um, no, that, like, uh, <laughs> so we cannot say only if you believe you get healing now that, that like, I got so many, gosh, I started, remember, I, I started, I came from a law school. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I started to work in investment banking. That's my background. Yeah. <laughs> I grew yeah. up in, in, in East Berlin. I didn't believe in God. I never set the foot in the church. Didn't know mm. about Jesus. Nothing. You know, and this was my first contact. There's something more. So I went there as total skeptical, you know, like, like, as I said, like my parents, uh, my father, a medical doctor, my mother, bio biologist, uh, grandparents, you know, my, my grandfather, father's side was a lawyer, grandmother, mother's side was leading a hospital. No, it was very, very logical. Yeah, very logical, my yeah. upbringing. You know, there was no one told me anything. Uh, about um, that there might be something else, like 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 a spiritual realm. So when I went there, I was so skeptical and apprehensive, but I tell you the pain was so strong. Mm. <laughs> so that I thought, okay, I will try it once. That's yeah. what I thought. I will give it a go, and I'm happy to debunk this. I'm happy to do this. If this is just fraud, and if this is all stuff which is not okay, I'm happy to pull this apart. So I, 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 I went there very, very skeptical. And that's why I wanted to have the first consolation. I didn't want to be influenced by anything. Yeah. And then, but after, like, after what I saw there, and I, I, I knew they couldn't, they couldn't have information. They could not pretend to cry as they did. And it was impossible. That was simply not possible. Mm -hmm. So any skeptics out, yes, I can understand that. Because, like, you have to be also um, wise in alternative healing because it's not all, it's not all really, let's say, kosher. You know, there are many things out there and um, which I personally never would go there, yeah, but, yeah. but still out there. So you have to be uh, wisely what you're doing, wisely. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, 
with the constellation work, as I said, I'm 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 working with it. I'm completely trusted it. It helped me personal and my family so much, so so much. I I you know I could could just talk two three hours about it. Uh, how how the impact and the change had. See, my father never told me he loves me. Even I knew he loved me, and since I started constellation work, he's he's now telling me on the phone he loves me. Now I would not ever mm-hmm. dream that he's telling me these things. You know, like there there are changes in the family I would never ever thought would 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 happen, and and I now this cannot be done by a human itself. It's impossible. I experienced so many miracles. This this uh, you know, like. This, this, I, I know it's not my doing. That's why I, I know it's not my doing. You know, I know what I can do, but I'm also quite aware what I cannot do. So, if any anyone is very, very skeptical, I would always suggest: okay, come, come along. Uh, you know, uh, choose if you want to experience constellation work or even regression work. You're welcome to come here. You're welcome to go to a different therapist and have an experience. That's how what I did. You know, it was this was you know it it, it was just have an actually experience because hearing from other people's account, okay, yeah, gives us an insight. Reading books, okay, we have an intellectual understanding, but actually I have a, a, a own experience. I, I remember a young German woman, she came here uh, for a constellation work for the first time. She heard about it, never experienced it, you know. And then I told you, you know what? When you represent someone else, you can feel you can feel very emotional because you might feel their emotions. So if you start to cry, you know, then this is what happened. That that's okay. That's part of the process. It was a very tall young woman. She just looked at me and said, "Ah, oh, okay, yeah." So you know, like, mm, okay, we're just gonna see, right? So there was a little bit skeptical too. And so we started with a consolation. The moment she was placed in the role, she burst out in tears and couldn't stop it so and then afterward i asked her how was it and she said i could not help it it just came over me and this is what happened you're not doing it no one of us is doing that work it's just happened so what you do you allow it to happen and this has to be experienced because i do the sessions also in a one-to-one setting uh, I do it with markers on on the floor so it works equally so you find out dynamics and then bring it into healing so the person can move on in their life. And uh, so you, you go with the flow. We are not the doer. No one, uh, no consolation or facilitator is the doer of the work. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Katarina, can you give us an idea of the people who come to your practice? Is it really just a wide bunch of people with a variety of issues that they want to address? Or is there a pattern of sorts? Or It's like all... all works of life, everything from a mom, a teenager, young person, student, businessman, other therapist. It's it's like all works of life. Yeah. Uh, what I have very often is that people tried many other things that didn't work out. And uh, they come in here and you say, you know, I tried so many, many, many things, but I cannot overcome it. So I have, I have uh, these people as well. They come here as well, uh, and then I know. And then we start to work. As I said, it's it's hard work because so because you're confronted with uncomfortable feelings. But as I said, you know, like uh, once you process, you digest it. Uh, 
it's it's like let's see you've been in a restaurant and you ate a steak and it never came out and sits there for years and rottens there. It's not nice. So what we do in the in, in these sessions, it's gonna yeah, but so that's really how it is. You digest the steak so it comes out and once it's out, it's out. It's done. It's done. You don't have to go in there. That's it. It's done. Yeah. And and Katharina, you you briefly briefly kind of mentioned um, Hellinger and how maybe I mean he might not have come up with it from from zero, but he'd certainly brought it from America and, and brought it into the public consciousness um, in a big way. Um, and I know you didn't train directly under him, but the biggest criticisms of family constellations are. You know, I'm not too bothered about this, the fact that there's no science or, or hard fact science, because 20 years ago, a lot of the things that we now take for granted weren't true, you know, uh, and that's that's just been the case throughout humanity before they thought the Earth was the center of the solar system. And we now know that to be false. So I'm not too bothered about the science and I'm not interested in denying people's personal experience. But what the, the some of the criticisms of um, Hellinger, which I know you're happy to talk about, uh, you know, he seems like quite a controversial character. Um, and he has had some of his um, his views are fairly controversial. I'll just read some of them out now for people who may be maybe aren't aware of Hellinger or, or his work. Um, so some of the critics are that his uh, patriarchal view of the family system typically leads to the conclusion that um, any matrimonial difficulties are the fault of the wife. Uh, he has also expressed his belief that homosexuality uh, is a disease to be cured rather than a natural and an alteral aspect of one's nature and has claimed to have cured people from said disease. Um, he's also stated that war criminals shouldn't be blamed for their crimes as they are only following orders from a higher authority and has in some family consolation workshop sessions actually instructed victims of war crimes to perform a ritual gratitude to the representatives of those who have committed the crimes against them. He has, um, and then the one that really kind of was like, Jesus was the, uh, one method developed by Hellinger, um, to treat uh, trauma resulting from incest, specifically father's abuse of his daughter, is by having the person representing the daughter kneel and thank the person representing the father for the experience. This, according to Hellinger, uh, restores harmony within the family. Hellinger has also expressed the belief that fathers sexually abuse their daughters when their mothers repeatedly reject their sexual advances, uh, basically plain, um, placing the blame uh, for the abuse on the mother, which kind of feeds back into that patriarchal view. I just wanted to give you the platform, you know, for maybe who someone thought, oh yeah, this is all brilliant what Katharina says, but I'm aware of these critics just so you could like kind of disband that and um yeah i'll let you i'll let you talk on that more yes see I, i'm just picking up what i said before a therapist can only do a therapy the way its own awareness is and hellinger did the work based on his understanding at the time so if we go back let's see take a doctor in medieval times they treated people you know like with 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 uh, methods he wouldn't use today, he would yeah. say it's, it's 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 very dangerous. But at the time there was nothing available, and they believed this is what's good, and they had also a success with it. Maybe you know, mm -hmm. and uh, so on. Hellinger, he did the method. See, the the technique is a consolation, and you know he he had his own understanding with forgiveness. Uh, um, sexual abuse. 
That's the way he started. And he had some very strong viewpoints on it. And this was uh, feeding his work, feeding his work. Now, for uh, some people, I know um, that might be was maybe helpful. For others, it wasn't helpful. Yeah, and uh, but a person can also decide because, like, I, I remember when I started, he was quite established, and I knew certain things. Yeah, yeah, and then you still can decide um, if, if if you want to go to him or if you want to go to a different practitioner yeah. yeah so and his view his awareness also changed during during his work and um certainly his work was influenced based on his state of awareness that that that's what that's what it is and yeah. um so the work what i'm doing is the same it is influenced um by my awareness, yeah. So let's yeah. see if 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 it, if it, if it, it just this is probably not true, but let's see if a therapist is a racist, yeah. And and uh, you don't see me, but I have black skin. <laughs> my father comes from Congo, so I have okay. that one in me. <laughs> so if, if someone, you know, if, if someone doesn't like that one, and as a yeah. therapist. And then out of the blue, someone comes in with a black skin. Well, I'm telling you, the work will be affected. Mm -hmm. It will be not neutral to the person. Yeah. Yeah. So um, a work is only as good at the end of the day or can be as free throw as the awareness of the therapist is. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the technique itself, it's really good. But it's exactly just just, just uh, take take uh, medical doctors. Let's see, we have fifty medical doctors. They all study the same. They all have to the same um, curriculum. Yeah, the same mm -hmm. studies. You know, and I come from a doctor family, and I remember my father giving out to colleagues, and he said, "I never would anyone bring to that doctor, never." Yeah. So yeah. So you have the same thing with a the therapist. The technique itself, the constellation, is a very helpful tool. It's a very, very good tool for healing. But if the person is in their own development awareness, uh, can bring in things which uh, might be not the best uh, for a person. Mm. Yeah. So it's not the technique itself. It's a single. It's a person. Yeah. It's it's a it's a, the, the personal experience. So like you're gonna have a good GP here. You trust your GP, it's really beautiful. But I'm sure we all had also experience with a GP we didn't like. And they've been really cruel and we felt he didn't care, you know, like just get a prescription and get out of here. Yeah. So they all study the same, but yet their personality has a play in the work. It's the same yeah. with this constellation. That would be yeah, my answer course. to that one. Yeah, so you're just what you're saying really is basically just separate the man from the theory, uh, and that those viewpoints that maybe, well, not maybe, are definitely antiquated. They're not endorsed by yourself nor any of the, you know, uh, modern practitioners of family uh, it constellations. Uh, it depends. Some might be following his old way of doing it. Right. Yeah. That's why I had, uh, like, I had two different trainings on constellation. And uh, like in my training, these in quotes old ways they haven't been taught any longer. 
Okay. Yeah. But it's the yeah. way I'm trained. I cannot speak for anyone else. Yeah, yeah of course. So, yeah. and my, my, my view, uh, it's just different. I don't want to put anyone down because it's like, like, like he brought it into the public and he, he, he has his contribution. So I just say, you know, because it's, I don't like that with judgment that he's mm -hmm. right and, and, or he's wrong. I'm right. No, that's not what it is. He just has a different view on things. That's it. And I might have a different view on things. And that's, that's how the work is an influence. That's what it is at the end of the day. Thanks for that, Katerina. Um, before we move to the final section uh, where we, we ask you how you get and maintain your mental health in a good order, can you let the listeners know of where to contact you or where to find more information about you? Yeah, so that's what I would recommend right now in a, in a time um, of lockdown and hopefully it's not too long any longer. Uh, I know uh, it's restricted, but I would really highly recommend go for a walk once a day. Just go out. Go out and uh, do not um, watch for the whole time news, for the whole day news, and just make breaks from social media and for main from the mainstream news because it affects the mind, you know, in the mainstream uh, media, uh, it's, it's a very strong connected to fear. And as I said, if we go into fear, it doesn't do anyone good. So like, like having breaks, um, just, just going out for a walk if possible once a day or even more often and, and, and do a detox from social media and news. So the yeah. way, how, how, what, what, what can we do? So we have time, obviously, and some of us, they work from home, it's still busy. But if, if you're not being able to work from home because of the type of work we are doing, so I, I would um, suggest to surround yourself with positive things. Let's see, read positive books. Um, some of, of the listener, they, they might um, just, just, just do meditation, like mindful, just being in the present. This would be helpful. Um, what is also really good, uh, look a little bit on, on um, your uh, nutrition, on your diet right now that I would highly recommend. Like um, maybe just ease up on caffeine and alcohol, you know, not, not bunch in these days. It's, it's not good. It's very uh, destroying actually uh, for a human being. But maybe just just um, try supplement with vitamin C. It's really good. You know, it makes the immune system really, really strong. Vitamin C, uh, vitamin uh, K, uh, D12. It's really good in these these times. So a little bit look after diet because the diet also has an effect in our mood. There, there is a there is a connection there, which I would recommend also to pay attention to sleep. Have enough sleep. You know, like yeah. uh, if, if, if we if we hang around on YouTube at the three in the morning and like at seven o'clock, you know, <laughs> it has, you know, uh, an effect on the body too. Mm. Um, I would also, sometimes people can be very negative or very fearful, not too disrespectful, but I maybe would not talk all the time to these people. They are just in, in fear. Just, just surround yourself with these people. They're they're quite positive in a way where you feel, oh, yeah, you know, um, that's actually, um, it's, it's a lovely way of talking, you know. And uh, so what, what, what personal, but this is, as I said, uh, this is personal here. So um, I'm reading in the Bible the book uh, of Psalms. I find it very beneficial for everyone out there who likes uh, 
to read things like this. This is what I would recommend. It's very uplifting. Uh, it's, it's very calming. And uh, I know for some people, uh, they are very affected. They are triggered, as we spoke or, already before um, in this session, that we can be triggered, that shutdown can trigger people massively. Mm -hmm. And if it's too strong, I would recommend to do, to get help, professional help online. Uh, myself and many other therapists, we offer online sessions. We are available because then going for a walk or uh, detoxing from social media, it's not, it's not helping. It's not enough. They might need uh, professional help and it's still, we are still operating. We are there for people. Uh, they cannot cope uh, with this, with this uh, uh, lockdown. Thank you. Perfect. Brilliant stuff, Katharina. Thank you so much. Um, Jim, is there any other questions that you have before we before we get going? Or, or I think that's I answered everything now. Yeah, it's very extensive. Thank you, Katharina. <laughs> yeah. Katharina, do you just want to, before we let you go, do you just want to give um, people maybe your website, uh, social media, if you have it, you know, where people can find out more information about you, your practice, uh, Family Constellation? Yeah, so I, I, have a, I have a website. You uh, can go on. Uh, the website is www.innerhealing.ie it's like inner healing in one word dot ie mm -hmm. and you can just log on to this one there is my phone number uh you can you can um contact me uh text me um there's also my email address um you can uh, even book a session online on the website it's available or even I offer also 30 minutes um, free talks if you want to have more information of certain types of treatment or if, if, if the treatments I'm doing would help you. Um, you're also very welcome uh, to, to just set up a 30 minutes talk, which is, which is uh, free. It's just a free talk to, to catch up and touch base. Perfect. Well, we'll put we'll put that website in the show notes, guys. Um, so you should see that there, and you can click on that and and find all the information. You know, we've been on on your website, Katerina, and it is extensive. So all the information you could ever want to know is definitely there. Um, and I, I'd just really like to thank you for your time. Um, and and your, your knowledge. It's been really kind of insightful. Uh, and you shed some light on maybe some topics that maybe aren't so so um frequently so common. Yeah, exactly. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, guys. Thanks so much. It's Zepp and Jim. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. It was an honor. Thanks so much for giving me also the time. No worries. Talk. Very appreciated that you thank like you, it. Thank you. you. educate people. It's very appreciated. Well done. Keep going with your good work. Thank thank you. We'll do our best. We'll do our best. <laughs> thank you, um, <laughs> guys um if you if you like this podcast please pass it on if you think that anyone might benefit um from family constellation or regression therapy again please pass it on um we hope that you've enjoyed it as much as jim and i definitely have and please make sure you uh tune in for our next podcast thank you guys keep well bye